Today is Wednesday, July 13th, 2022. This is Quick Start from CBN News. I'm Dan Andros. Did the James Webb Space Telescope just find water on another planet? Stunning images released yesterday. We'll have that top story and more on today's podcast. We seek to bring you news from a Christian perspective, if you agree with that. Mission, you can help. Subscribe to this podcast. Give us a rating. Share it with a friend. All that fun stuff. Let's get through the news of the cray together. Email us, quickstartpodcast at cbn.org. Joining me as always, Billy Hallowell from CBN's Faith Wire. It's hump day, Billy. We are halfway home. We are there. We're almost <laughs> there. I can Howie. see Friday over the horizon. It's so close. It's so close. Quick it start is. challenge. Listen for two weeks. You'll get through your week faster. It's science. It's very sciencey and scientific. Don't question it. Coming up on the main thing today, the numbers on mental health, alcoholism, suicide, those are all rising Dave Coulier, a.k.a. Uncle Joey, he's dealt with his share of these issues and more. And Trey and Billy had a conversation with him today that we're going to hear on the main thing. Very, very good stuff there. Looking forward to that. But up first today, the headlines and the January 6th commission that continued today. You can see that over uh, on the CBN News YouTube channel if you're Interested in getting the updates there? Two churches in the Washington, D.C. area were set on fire. Another was heavily vandalized over the weekend. Faith leaders are saying that they're very disturbed and they worry these expressions of hate could linger alongside the national abortion debate. So we'll keep an eye on that as well. Firefighters are gaining ground as they continue to try to fight those massive fires out in Yosemite. It's 22% contained now, but... Uh, They're still facing weather challenges. There's no rain in sight anytime soon. At least 3,221 acres have been burned so far. Uh, So we'll keep that in our prayers as well. Those giant, beautiful sequoia trees, I mean, they're amazing. Been there for hundreds of years, and they're in in danger of going away. That's, But obviously dangerous for those firefighters as well, so we'll, we'll keep praying there. Also, Tiger Woods, largely considered the greatest golfer of all time, he spoke out against those uh, golfers who have left the PGA in favor of the Saudi Arabia-backed LIV golf tour. He said, I think that what they've done is they've turned their back on what has allowed them to get to the position that they're in now. So you can check out these headlines and more over at cbnnews.com. But I'm going to go to our top headline of the day, and that is those images coming from the $10 billion James Webb Space Telescope. It's the farthest humanity has ever seen in both time and distance. The full series of images were released yesterday, and they included some really stunning images, including one of a hot, gaseous, giant, quote-unquote, exoplanet, which is a planet outside the solar system. That one's 1,150 light years from Earth. That's, That's pretty much insane that we can see that far. It's significantly hotter than any planet orbiting the Earth's sun. And this is interesting. The indirect image has captured the, quote, distinct signature of water, along with evidence for clouds and haze in the surrounding atmosphere. There's a southern ring, an eight burst. That's a planetary nebula. That's There's an image of that. And that one's about 2,000 light years away from Earth. There's another image of these cosmic cliffs. It's all stunning stuff when you see it. I can't help, Billy, but think as we respond and just talk about this story, Psalm 19.1, which says, The heavens declare the glory of God, and the sky above proclaims his handiwork. You can't help but look 
deep into the universe and it just keeps getting bigger, bigger, bigger and bigger, more vast and more expansive. And you just can't help but think, man, God is awesome. Yeah, well, I'm going to I'm going to add to your verse with Romans 120, you know, one that talks about for since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen. Mm. And it goes on to say that they you know, have been understood by what has been made. And you look at all this stuff. And I mean, half of the words you used, I don't even know these science <laughs> know, words. Me right? either. Um, but but I think it's so it's so intriguing, and people are so captivated. And I think as believers, it's a reminder of how intricate and amazing and beautiful this design really was. And we see as time goes on that what we see in the Bible being described, we're actually able to view that and see that with the technology we have. So it's, I mean, to me, it's just absolutely incredible. In Kentucky as well, part of Answers in Genesis, they have the Creation Museum. And there's a planetary there, and I've done it twice now, and it's just, it's phenomenal. Highly recommend. But you're looking up at this kind of planetarium there, and it takes you on a journey all the way deep into the galaxy, and you're like looking back at Earth. It's mind-blowing. It truly is just how incredible God is in this creation. And when you look at everything that's around and how it's all lined up, and you feel small and insignificant, but at the same time in awe of just God's creation, I don't know how anyone can look at this and say, yep, this all just spontaneously burst into existence. I, personally, I don't know how you get there, but yeah. these these images from this telescope are just another evidence, <laughs> I think, of of God's greatness. So it's 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 amazing to see. It's Romans 120. I'm telling you, like, <laughs> it, it's so true, though. I mean, look at the trees. Look at the things around us yeah. that are so intricate. And then when you look at space, it's just, and those images. I mean, it looks like something somebody painted, yeah. right? Yeah, it really does. It really does. There's no better artist <laughs> than God. And I think we can see that and evidence, as you said, in his creation all around us. So are Christians being discriminated against or is it just in our imaginations? Billy Lifeway dove into that topic and they got some interesting findings. Yeah, this survey is really sort of captivating because it asked a number of questions about, you know, religious liberty. Is it on the decline? And the numbers, these are not Christians they're surveying. Of course, there were Christians among the mix, but these are Americans overall. And they found that 54% of Americans believe that religious liberty is on the decline. But the most interesting metric was the 59%, nearly 6 in 10 Americans, who believe that religious tolerance for Christians in America is on on the decline. In fact, they said that Christians are, quote, increasingly confronted with intolerance. Uh, really sort of intriguing to me. And when you started breaking it down by religious groups, 59% of Catholics said the same, 69% uh, of Protestants, 52% of people who belong to other faiths. So we're talking about people who are not Christians, but they're, they believe in something. They believe in God of some form. And they're looking at this and saying, no, Christians are definitely increasingly being confronted with intolerance. Even 41% of people who are not affiliated with any faith whatsoever agreed with this viewpoint. That's really interesting. They also asked another question, you know, are American Christians basically complaining too much about how, about how they're treated? And 36% agreed with the idea that American Christians complain too much, but 49% disagreed. And so what's so fascinating is a country that is, that is ever secularizing, moving away from Christianity at a rapid rate, that you would look at these numbers and have more than half of the country, nearly 60%, saying... Now, we think Christians are being treated in an intolerant way increasingly. That, to me, 
shows you sort of the state of where things are. This is a culture, again, that has had Christianity at the center of it. That doesn't mean everyone's been Christian, but Judeo-Christian values have, have dominated in many facets of society. And just to give you an idea of where we are right now, in 2007, 78% of Americans called themselves, they self-identified as Christians. Now, we know that not all 78% were actually Christians, but they said that they were. That is down to 63% as of last year. So that's a massive decrease that is only going to continue. And at the same time, 16% of the country was either atheist, agnostic, or unaffiliated in 2007. That is at almost 30% now um, as of 2021. So a lot, a lot to unpack there, but really interesting numbers. Yeah, and I think it shows, too, what's popular in culture as well. I mean, you're seeing more and more kids now claiming to identify as transgender. And it's like, well, why would that happen? And it's it's because people are, that's they're making it safe to do that. That is the safest way to go. And so... Um, the one side will claim that, well, they were all just trans kids and then they didn't have the freedom and the ability to just come out now. And now they do. Others saying that they're being sort of led or pushed into that by it being so popular in culture now to just come up with a gender and identify with that. And I think you're seeing a similar thing with faith now. It's not comfortable to be a Bible believing Christian in today's culture which should be viewed as a good thing, I would think, as a Christian, in a way, because we don't want to conform to the patterns of this world. We don't want to be super cozy in the world, unless everyone was living according to biblical values. But we know the world's not going to do this as Christians, and we know uh, it's going to grade against our views as Christians. So I think in a way, and you can correct me if I'm wrong there on that, Billy, but I think in a way that might be a good sign that it's not comfortable for us to be openly talking about our Christian views right now. No, I think it is a good sign. I think there's an uncomfortable sort of dichotomy here, right? Like, you know, you want having cultural Christianity is not optimal. You want people's souls to be saved. So you yeah. want them to actually believe. Um, and, and so cultural Christianity has its negatives, but the positives are that you don't have things like drag queen story hour dominating your public right. school. Right? right. So, so we're living in this weird dynamic where we want something better than cultural Christianity, but cultural Christianity was better than nothing. And, and, you know, we should have built upon that. Now we've sort of lost all of that, but yeah, I agree because look, I mean, look back at the history of the church. A few guys literally spread the gospel around the entire world. Christianity does the best, and it's the most authentic, I I think, when we actually have to, to work for what we believe mm -hmm. and truly live it out. So I don't think that we should look at this as a despairing thing, uh, but we do all need to step up to the plate, clearly. Yeah, I agree. And um, look, you look at places like Iran in the Middle East. Christianity is flourishing, oh, growing in those places exponentially. Mm -hmm. And it's because the gospel is going to find a way. God's going to um, give himself the glory in ways we wouldn't expect. So um, definitely interesting interesting findings there. It's something that we're going to keep an eye on. You can read more about it on CBNnews.com and FaithWire.com. And you know, as secular culture continues their push, as you were talking about there, and they're kind of more and more popular, we're, we're also seeing increases on the numbers of people struggling with mental health. You know, things like alcoholism, suicide attempts, those those things are also on the rise. And we looked into that and talked to Dave Coulier, and he's dealt with his share of those issues, as I said at the top. I mean, just all kinds of personal tragedy going on, especially recently for him. And so he talked about that, a little bit about his faith, 
and more on today's main thing. There were nearly 46,000 suicides and 1.2 million suicide attempts in 2020. Meanwhile, millions of Americans have suffered from and even lost their lives due to alcoholism and drug addiction. These are just two of the issues that in recent years have impacted Full House star Dave Coulier's life. Now, we had a chance to sit down with Dave to talk about losing Bob Saget, his co-star on Full House, overcoming alcoholism, and dealing with his brother's tragic suicide. Here's what he had to say about these issues, and in particular, how his faith guided him through the most difficult moments of his life. I want to ask about your faith and and processing grief and and when you have to go through a loss uh, like Bob Saget, which was one that, that really shocked everybody. And I know it was particularly shocking to to y'all's circle of friends in the comedy world. It seems like a close knit circle. So to have, have lost someone that was so larger than life uh, in such a sudden way had to be difficult. How have, have you processed that? And how has your faith helped you process moments that are traumatic like that? I grew up in a very Catholic community here in Detroit, in the suburbs of Detroit, in a very large Catholic family. So The beauty of that is that I always had wonderful people to lean on through tough times. Now, later in my life, I went through a long period of alcohol abuse, and I always equate my faith to a fire that's burning inside of you. And I almost extinguished that fire because of my abuse with alcohol. And so I I got sober two and a half years ago. And then in this past year, I lost my brother who took his own life. I lost my father and I lost Bob all in the same 12 month period. And my, my thought from that terrible, you know, I'm not joking, like a hat trick of losses like that was such a heart punch and such a gut punch that the only thing I could think was thank goodness I don't have alcohol in my life that is extinguishing that fire, Mm -hmm. which is my faith. And I was able to feel those raw emotions, which I never would have felt had I been abusing alcohol. And I, I was in touch with myself spiritually. So for me, it was allowing that flame to, to ignite again and, and to find my spirituality. And it helped me through all of that. It doesn't help the, the sting, but it certainly helps you have the fuel to be able to continue forward and, and um, make the best of your life. And I, I know these things are hard to talk about, and I so appreciate that you've been open. I've seen some of the other interviews you've done on these topics, you know, and again, it's it's tough when people ask you and you have to kind of keep rehashing and going through some of the toughest moments you've ever had, you know, when it comes to your brother and that horrific loss, um, and, and obviously Bob, but specifically with your brother, how were you able, I mean, you you have this sobriety, this amazing sobriety, you're leaning in on your faith. How were you able to take steps forward after your brother's death, because I know that that you were the one who found him, that you were the one who was deeply, obviously impacted by that. So how did you move forward? I, um, I kind of have a well. And when I feel as though that well is filling with sorrow and pain and anguish, 
I have so many wonderful stories about my brother that make me laugh and make me smile because he was really the funniest person I ever knew. And we used to make each other laugh when we were little kids laying in our bunk beds doing impressions of our aunts and uncles and our neighbors and and coaches and stuff. And my dad would run in at 1 a.m. in the morning and go, I'm tired of hearing Uncle Vince and Mr. Hooper in here. Knock it off, both of you. So, so whenever that well feels like it's drying up, I have all of these wonderful moments of, of laughter and, and, you know, amazing life experience with him that I just pour into the well and I draw from that. And, and that works for me. You know, one of the things about becoming sober is people always say, do you have advice? I don't, I really don't. Cause we're all on our own journey. Some journeys are more painful than others, but what I think is if someone can see themselves in me, because I, I'm really simple. I, I, you know, I love driving my tractor. I love my dogs. I love flying airplanes and going and catching fish out on my boat. You know, I'm a simpleton. Those are the things that, you know, you know, make me feel alive. And so if someone can see themselves in me, and I can help someone, that really brings it full circle for me. It really makes me feel great when someone says, you know what, when you were talking about your experience, that really helped me. That really gave me a boost because if you can do it, maybe I can do it. All right, guys, thanks for that conversation. That's a that's a powerful story there, you know, talking about how basically how we can impact each other in ways that we wouldn't really expect. But it's it's always good to hear someone who's kind of overcoming at least one of these demons in their life and, you know, with, with him with alcoholism. So good conversation there. Yeah. And, and being able to have that platform and use it for that kind of good, I would imagine it even helps you with your own sobriety, right? Like hearing yeah. these stories of how you're inspiring other people and also navigating through the pain of losing Bob Saget and his brother to suicide and, and all of that. It was a powerful conversation. Yes, indeed. Indeed. All right. We got time for one last thing today, Billy. And um, I just love this story. We got a kid here. He's 11 years old. His name is Tommy Morrissey. There's videos of him going around now hitting home runs and Little League and hitting you know long drives off of uh, the golf tee. And this wouldn't be that remarkable, except uh, he's got one arm, just his left arm, and he's able to field baseball. He's fishing. He's doing all this stuff. And, um, you know, I've got two arms and I can't hit the ball as well as he's doing it. So uh, I'm a little jealous, but uh, amazing to see this kid doing this. And I think it's a good it's a good image to see for others who might be facing adversity to see, oh, yeah, you can overcome some of these things with a little bit of hard work. Yeah, I mean, every everybody goes through something, has some kind of struggle. And when you see something like this, it just inspires you to know that, that anything is possible. And we know that with our faith, but it's, it's nice to have these reminders. All right. That is all the time we have for today's episode. Thanks for being here. And um, as always, you can head on over to faithwire.com, cbnnews.com for more news from a Christian perspective. Lord willing, in that creek don't rise. We'll be back here tomorrow. God bless. See you then.